episode, I speak to Uriah and Mike again. Uh, we realized we had a lot to talk about still, so we said, let's do another podcast. And uh, this went really well. It was really fun. Uh, this was right before uh, the hurricane that was hitting them in Texas. So they were pretty pumped. They got a little bit of hurricane swell but before the podcast started. We talked about it. Talked a lot about the WSL and the new format. And it was just a really fun podcast. This was the first podcast I actually had a few beers on. And uh, those guys were drinking some White Claws. So we had a pretty fun time. Could have kept going a lot longer, but it was getting kind of late for me. So hope you guys enjoy it. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Minnow Surfboards. Check them out, minnowsurfboards.com. Go to Instagram, minnowsurfboards. Um, when you go on there, say hi to Micah. Let him know that you heard about the podcast, heard about Minnow Surfboards from the podcast. And uh, yeah, that'd be great. So I hope everybody enjoys it and catch you next time. So wait, that's Texas? Yeah, that's the Bob Hall Pier looking to the south side. So That looks sick. I mean, it's a good day, but yeah. Yeah, well, I figure that's not today. Or it could be. You guys are getting hurricane spill. Yeah, this morning was fun. It was How big? Pretty uh, chest high, but it was real clean and offshore. Um, yeah. Looks like yeah. chest high there, too. Yeah, there was a little bit of closing out happening because it's a long, it was a long period swell, but uh, there were some barrels. I saw some guys getting barreled. I didn't personally get one, but I... Uh, no? No, no, no. I'm still working on that. There's always a <laughs> step it up to the next level. You know, I was just thinking about um, that time you were in Australia with me in DY, and you were out taking pictures. I almost pulled into that barrel, and I blew it. Yeah, that was uh, we were trading off on the Simon Anderson, and I had like those fins and the yeah. on the camera, and um, yeah, we actually got some good shots. I did, I uh, I remember uh, like getting a you got a couple good shots of me hitting the cutback, and then this chick was like commenting on it um, back in the states, and then I ended up dating her. So that goes oh, really shit. no way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can thank me for that. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> wow. Well, cool. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the storm, um, Mike's sort of been bracing his house because it's predicted to be a hurricane and it was coming right at us. The latest forecast has it going a little bit more to the south, so we might dodge a bullet. It's no, it's no like, um, it's just predicted to be a cat one. So, well, um, what was going to say? Yeah, I was just watching it before I spoke to you guys. I saw that it's going to kind of head south a little bit from you guys, right? Well, we're going to get that northeast quadrant side. So depending on how far south, it could be pretty bad for us or not. I mean, again, it's not like super strong, but, you know, it it changed a bit. So I had to go clean up the yard and put loose stuff up. I'm not bored enough. Hey. <laughs> 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 a visitor. I'm going to this right now. <laughs> That's great. so my prediction is that we will get between three to five feet of uh, storm surge so that's like if you look at your daily tide what would just happen with no winds and no storm 
the surge is how much extra you get above that. Okay, thanks for clarifying. Right? And here we have basically like two to three feet of normal tide. So if we got to like four or five, that'd be pretty significant. Okay, yeah. Uh, waves will probably start to hit the dunes a little bit. Um, I'm on a canal, or you saw my place last time, yeah. so I'm hoping it doesn't uh, come up too much. I'm, I think it would have to be like six or seven before I got in any any trouble. Yeah. Well, if it keeps going the way it's going, you should be okay, right? If it keeps going further south, or. Well, I mean, depends on how far south, because that's well, the worst. Gone. Yeah. It's all a roll of the dice. It's you never know. Each storm's different, yeah. uh, so you kind of typically take the approach. Uh, be over prepared if possible because um, I mean if we didn't have anything to do we'd probably try to head down south because typically when they come in you can get on the uh, on the weak side or which space basically it spins in a circle so when it comes in uh, here it's going to be on the north side because it's it's coming from uh, east to west right so anything above it on the north side is going to have winds blowing onshore and anything on the on the opposite side, it's going to have offshore winds. So, like, same thing would happen in Florida. As soon as it went to our north, right, we'd get all of a sudden yeah. the winds would swing offshore. Gotcha. Um, and it can get sick, but it's hard to know. It's, like, just brief periods of, like, super strong offshore winds and big-ass waves, but it's pretty gnarly and hard to manage and uh, kind of unruly. Um, but I've heard about some days where, like, the like I think it was, like, Floyd – Back in the day in Florida, something oh, like we talked about forever. Um, so I about the land falling storm. That might be a different. Do you story. remember that one, Mike? What? Do you remember Hurricane Floyd? Were you yeah, in Florida for that? Floyd. We didn't get anything here, but yeah. But you were in Texas for that. I don't know. Well, I don't know. When was 2000, 2000. It was year two thousand. Okay. Yeah, and I wasn't in Florida yet. I moved to Florida in 04, 2004. Okay. I was going to say like 96. But I, I remember Floyd. <laughs> I remember Floyd the storm. I think that went up to like North Carolina, right? It right did. Carolina. It ended up hitting up North Carolina. It was supposed yeah. to. That was living. I just moved to St. Augustine. I, okay. I'd been there for like a month. And uh, our friend John, I was in with too, uh, we had a house together. So we had to leave. They, they made everybody evacuate. I mean, you could stay, of course, if you want. But so we, yeah. we, we left. Went to my parents' place, and then as soon as they said, all right, you can come back, me and him went right back over to the house. This was, like, probably 6 o'clock at night, and um, the place was empty. It was ghost town, but we had power at our house because we were next to a fire station, and I remember seeing the waves hit the bottom of the pier in St. Augustine. Wow. It was Whoa, all yeah. offshore, and we were like, oh, shit. We're like, all right, we'll wait till, we'll wait till tomorrow morning. We'll go out. And there was, like, nobody out. It was, it was huge. I mean, yeah. Massive waves. The next morning was still one of the best days I ever had in Florida. Huge pumping surf with nobody out because everybody was still gone. Wow. Yeah, that's a legendary swell. Um, one of our mates back in Florida will still, to this day, describe it like it was yesterday. Wait, who's that? The waves were as big as houses. And oh, was, I mean, it feels like it when you're uh, <laughs> yeah. surfing Florida. I mean, once you've surfed other places, you're like, oh, okay, it was a good swell, but. Yeah, well, legit, it was probably double overhead, right? Oh, it was. Every bit of When we first came back, I'd never seen the waves that big in Florida. That was the biggest I've ever seen it. And then Bertha, I remember, it wasn't as big, but it was kind of a similar track. That was a little bit later, probably. That was the one of my first hurricane swells where I actually kind of knew how to surf. 
Well, I can remember some other ones in uh, in Flagler Pier too, but that was St. Augustine Beach, just firing. Like we woke up or drove like one of those four a.m. trips or whatever. I remember those. Head over through Palatka to St. Augustine, get there, and then it's just like all foggy and you can't see the beach, and you, you can just hear it, you know, just like crushing and um, getting out there and just uh, getting worked for the most part. But I got a couple of good ones. What but, I miss most about that, it was just, I mean, after living here in California for so long, this is how warm it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just yeah. you could show up at six in the morning. And you could paddle out with a pair of board shorts and no problem. You're super warm still. Yeah, it's been a little bit hot sometimes. Yeah. yeah it was know, hot like, every day. Even in the morning, you felt like a hot tub when you got in. Like seven in the yeah. morning, it felt 80, 40 degree water. I mean, you're why that storm is strengthening so much. Because right now, we um so last week I went swimming I mean I work in Manhattan Beach, so I went swimming after work one day. Water is about the surf lines is 75 and it felt great. Wow. And um, and then this week it, it, we had a major upwelling and it's down to sixty. That's cold. Yeah, yeah well, that, a little bit. We were telling you about last time, um, and uh, I suppose you might want me to ask, or you want, you might want to ask me about the science of the upwelling. Yes, I do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not a physical oceanographer, so my explanation um, might be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But essentially, okay, so... If, well, first of all, what is your expertise? Research, my opinion is Coriolis force plays a big role. Okay. So in the Northern Hemisphere, a lot of currents always want to turn to the right. So there's a good chance that you might have had some predominantly northerly winds that would have then pushed the surface water off the coast and brought up some of the water from deep, right? So generally, the sun hits the water on the surface and it doesn't stuff that's down deep. And if you can get that surface water off the coast and bring up upwelling, bring up the water from down deep, then you might get some cold water. Uh, so one cool example is if you look at like a ball rolling on a merry-go-round, it okay. does this weird path. And that's kind of the idea. It's conservation of angular momentum. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about as much, I think yeah. that's too unsurfing related. Well, <laughs> To, to simplify that, I know in Florida, if it comes out of a south-southwest wind on the right side of the coast, the east coast, okay, right, it's going to blow north and then try to push the water and the water's going to want to go right. And so it's going to cause an area of basically lower pressure and move it out and then it'll suck up the cool water. Okay. And, uh, and then it just kind of upwells. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so it's the wind direction. So, so if you get, like in Florida, when it would get that, it would always be that south kind of consistently though, you know, for... A while kind of a southern wind that just blows parallel out of the coast and would cause it to upwell. Well, do you guys get anything like that in Texas being facing south? Yeah, we, yeah, had we it. just had it and um, it was pretty weird because you write a little research and sent me some local like fishing block thing and um, they were talking about the upwelling but the weird part to me was they were just saying that our we had a bunch of dirty water the last month you know it was just like calm winds remember when the winds are calm the water gets really clear but it was just super turbid and these folks are claiming you know, basically the upwelling was the reason for the, the dirty water which i didn't i don't know the science behind that i was a little bit shocked i thought it was pretty interesting but i was like you know what why would upwelling have an effect on the actual water clarity but anyway that's what they were talking about so um but yeah we had a span of it here for about a month and then, when you guys get upwelling in uh, Texas, like how cold does it get? 
Yeah. Uh, this one, I looked at some measurements down south of here, and it was weird because there was a tide gauge that was right at the inlet. And it was going between like 75 and above 80 okay. between the tides. So whenever it was like an incoming tide, flood tide, uh, going from low to high, they would get uh, the cold water come in towards the tail end. And then all of a sudden, you, or it would basically at the end of the low tide, when all the bay water that had been warm from the sun started to hit the tide gauge, it was pretty hot. Okay. So there's a lot of mixing and stuff that's going on there. Um, and you'd even feel it in the lineup sometimes. Yeah. Where it's like a warm patch and a cold yeah, patch. I was just, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say that. You get that here a lot too, though. When we get the yeah. upper, you'll still get like, oh, it's warm over here. Yeah, we are like 75, 76, which is but actually quite cold for us this time of year. We yeah, get, like that's we wish it was like that all the time. And I mean, for us here, we're like, oh god, we can go in board shorts. Yeah. Um, in North Carolina, the Outer Banks, I remember a ten-mile stretch between basically Cape Hatteras or Hatteras up to Rodanthe, and it was like about a 10 degree water shift within 10 miles um, from upwelling. So um, literally it was like upper 70s, and then 10 miles up the road just one day, it was 10 degrees colder in the upper 60s. Um, really bizarre occurrence out there. Yeah, I bet, because it sticks out so far though. Yeah, yeah, it sticks out until that point, so it's just, yeah, it's wild, that water temps will like wildly fluctuate, um, you know, just within a short distance, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Because us in the Gulf Stream, there's a big turn there, doesn't it? Pretty close to it, yeah, I mean, it's out, not that far, I mean, it sticks out about 32 miles off the mainland, so. It's That's pretty out. close if you think about how yeah. big the ocean is, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't mind, we got another uh, question for you. Do it. Related to uh, kind of in the storm category. And I got a bit of a segue. So <laughs> <laughs> Uriah did some uh, brainstorming. So I'm like, I'm like, I got my questions right here. Too, so yeah. you're going to go first. <laughs> so uh, it was like maybe a swell or two ago. And um, the winds were a little bit onshore, but we had some decent waves. And I was working at home and I came to check the waves during my lunch break. And it's like noon, getting 1230, getting close to one. And this storm's coming in like pretty gnarly uh, squall line. And I'm just watching the flag. And then all of a sudden the, the lifeguard flag starts going offshore. And I'm like, man, I'm going to have to maybe <laughs> have a bit of an extended lunch break here. <laughs> and then uh, like it starts fucking raining. Uh, and then the, the, one of the guys that we're surfing with, uh, he came in from San Antonio. So he did like a two hour, three hour drive to get here. And uh, it starts lightning. So the, his first instinct is go to the car, right? Okay. My first instinct is I'm getting out in the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, you go from Florida. I got this down. Well, I figured I was just as safe out in the water. So that's basically <laughs> the top. The topic is, uh, is it safe to surf during a lightning storm? And uh, has anybody ever been struck by surf? Like, yeah, we started thinking about it. Actually, in Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina, I was telling Uriah, I had reverse experience. We were out. It was pumping. And it started lightning really bad, like, to the point where we were, like, under our boards, pounding rain. And then it was just lightning like crazy. We're like, shit, we need to, we should get out. Um, got out, started running on the beach, and then this bolt cracked. And I'll never forget, I just fell to the ground, like flew on the ground. You could feel the air ionized. So it was like it struck somewhere by us. I thought I was hit. I was looking at my buddy like, shit, like, 
was like, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> and we started running the car, but you could smell the ionization in the air, you know? But then, yeah, Uriah was telling me about that, the session the other day, and then we were thinking, man, has anybody ever, like, actually gotten killed out surfing by a lightning bolt? Or, you know, how close is it? It struck the water, and it's hit you 20 feet away, or 30 would dissipate, but, you know, would it, what would happen? So we were starting to wonder about it, like, has anybody actually ever? Well, has anybody, did you guys look it up to see if anybody ever has? Well, I'm sure all the beach people obviously have, but in the water, yeah. You know? So yeah, no, we didn't. Where you said some dude in a boat got struck that well, had a yeah. camera. Well, yeah, that, that doesn't count. But yeah, yeah. Well, surfboard. Well, I guess the boat has electronics. That might. Well, be yeah, better. we were thinking if you're just sitting in the lineup, um, because your instinct is that it's dangerous, right? Or if it hits nearby, but um, you know, would dissipate in the water. But but anyhow, well, I'll tell you this. Well, well the first wave I caught was a pretty good one. Carlos was out of the car and out there. The lightning hadn't stopped. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, hold on, hold on. Before, before, okay, go finish your story, then I'll tell you something, okay? So that's the end of the story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right here's, I, I, just, I just wrote in, has anyone ever been uh, surfing and struck by lightning? Lightning kills surfer in Bali, it says, while taking a surfer less, less than a vacation. A 34-year-old, I don't know, Dennis Andre de Sul was struck by a bolt of lightning while surfing in a rainstorm in Kangu, North Korea. Wow. Okay. All right. So, he so was, maybe so I was risking my life. So that's been verified. Now, yeah. That was, uh, but has it ever happened in Florida or Texas? But it can happen, uh, I guess. We had a uh, storm coming in, and my mate just texted me, who's surfing tomorrow? So we could test this theory again. <laughs> oh, one, 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 more, one more thing with that. So I remember very specifically surfing Fagler Beach one time. And I remember the lifeguard told us to get out of the water. We, we me and my brother, and we were surfing with another friend too, but there's definitely me and my brother. And we tried to be out there. I have to be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's my daughter. Yeah. Um, we, were very, we, we wanted to be in the water. Me and my brother were like, fuck it, dude, let's just be in the water. It, but the lifeguards made us get out. And I remember we were like, all right, let's just wait in the car till it's done. And he and the lifeguard told us, wait in your car, specifically. Huh. Yeah, we've yeah, always heard that the rubber tires can protect you. Or That's what I've heard, too. But I've never heard anybody getting struck by lightning in their car and dying either, though. Yeah. So there wasn't any lifeguards out and uh it was pretty pretty cool and then it almost i felt like it was going to start hailing and then that's a different story well yeah because then you're going to get like golf balls in your forehead <laughs> yeah so then i was but it was cool because it was like warm water really cold rain uh, coming down pretty hard but it was it was magic how fast the waves cleaned up and it ended up being a pretty fun session it was only about waist high but well I mean, I, I, as you're saying that, it just brings back those memories I had of surfing in Florida. We would get those late afternoon storms. And if you remember, we'd go to the beach all day because we had a quite a drive to get there. We're like, well, let's just hang out all day. The storms would come in and you would see that shift. You're like, the waves are finally really good now. Like it's been on yeah, for the past three yeah, hours. And Seabreeze goodbye because it's just all of a sudden starts clicking yeah she's like i want to be out there i don't care about the lightning I, I the odds of me getting struck by lightning are very minimal i feel like and if i you know i remember being out there before and we like sit underneath our surfboard or like get rid of loads of the ground you know it's like <laughs> you know silly things when you're 16 years old yeah well now you got to make that's what uh 
I told my other friend, he's like, I wouldn't, or I think this is what we're talking about, but he's like, I got a family, so I'm not going to surf during the lightning. It was a, a risk that, uh, calculated risk for me. Yeah. <laughs> You ought to get that one on the waist highs here and clean. We'll take it. But you got to, yeah. If it's clean, we're going to go out if it's a you know, waist high. And that's how we felt, too. Because, you know, I mean, as you know, growing up in the East Coast, you know, surfing back the beach or St. Augustine, like, it's, it's onshore winds all the time, yeah. just in the summer. Well, that's but, a light yeah. too, over there. So it's even a lot more than here. Yeah. Florida just, you know, it's got those months, afternoon storms, those months. And it, was, it was like, you could say you, you could say you watched to it. Three o'clock, here it is. It's like you knew it was going to happen. So, yeah, there's a lot of action in Texas. I got another good one from today, if you don't okay. mind. <laughs> hey, no, do it, do it. Now, this one, it's, I'm sure it's going to bring up stories from you, too, because it's a, it's a bit of a heated topic. So, first of all, uh because of the situation right now they've closed the beaches a little bit so we can't actually drive onto the beach so last time we were telling you about the the seawall the jetty and the pier you can drive on the yes right and normally everybody's all spread out and all the longboarders and the people that don't feel like paddling much uh want a clean wave go to the jetty but you got to drive on the beach to get there easily or it's a bit inconvenient so there's a parking lot a car park right at the pier so essentially today, this morning, everybody went to the pier. And that's where we like to surf. So it was, a, it was a better waves than normal. And the other spots were shut down. So it was quite crowded. And uh, got out there about 6 in the morning, 6.30, right at sunrise. And uh, there was a pretty good drift. But we're all on the upside drift of the pier. And anyways, the, the part of the story is this dude kept snaking me. Like okay. this guy dropped in on me like intentionally twice. Okay. Right. And I didn't say anything. But even before that, I had said like, uh, oh, you found a little honey hole over here because he had like caught a nice wave and I saw him get a little barrel. Okay. And then his response was, this is my house. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so it was, um, it was a couple of, it was the last swell, but uh, something similar had happened. Uh, my, my mate's brother uh, got snaked and he said something to the dude and the guy said some sarcastic apology and he sat on the inside of him and the very next wave snaked him and intentionally dropped in on him just as a bit of a revenge. So immediately this was <laughs> basically the strategy that I got. I'm like, all right, I'm going to snake this guy. And uh, sure enough, a decent wave came and as he's down the line and he's trying to call us off. And I went ahead and went, and there was a guy in between us that didn't go. And then uh, we kind of, you know, wiped out, or the wave was over, because it wasn't even a very good wave. And then he's like, <laughs> <laughs> then I said, uh, yeah, I just uh, dropped in on you, and I did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and man, we started getting into it. What was his response after that? <laughs> uh, he started like, like he said, uh, man, I live here and like all this other stuff. And I was like, I live here too. And I was like, bro, you dropped it on me on purpose twice already. I mean, you can't expect me to, you can't call me off waves and drop in on me. It's just not going to work. And then his mate started saying, no, no, he called, you got to like watch out when somebody calls you off. And I was like, you didn't see the last two times this guy dropped in on me on purpose. And, uh, so uh, my mate and his brother were down the beach and they kind of caught the uh, tail end of it. 
And it turns out this dude is like, well, yeah. Well, so I, well, I'll continue on this story. So I got out a little later than about 7.45 this morning. Um, I actually had a glow, blew my tail patch back on. Came undone last night in the evening sesh. Um, so I get out and Uriah finally paddles over. He sees me. I was down a little bit. I saw the crowd, so I paddled up a little bit. And Uriah pulls up and he's like, oh, dude, I just got into it with this guy. And he started telling me, I'm like, well, where is he, man? Let's go. What does he look like? And he's like, oh, he's so I'm like, hey, dude. Like, hippie looking dude. So I said, okay, man. All right, man. And he's like, he's riding some weird colored boards. So I said, okay, well, all right. And then we just kept surfing, right? And then, yeah. And then later, my buddy Philip, who was out there, caught the tail end. I won't say the guy's name, but it turns out this guy I know from way back. He's kind of like a local celebrity. He actually was a big, uh, he was a big surfo time, like Surfer Magazine. Um, he hit it pretty big for the Texas surfing. Went out Cali and uh, has done really well for himself in, in the surf world, um, actually. Okay. And uh, so it's just God, God <laughs> that, uh, you know, is like even does feature stuff for our local break. Like it's an insert, like blah blah, like stuff that he's done for Texas. An artist done, like you know, for a Texas guy from Corpus, is probably uh, one of the most successful people to be in the surf industry. Like, there is. even articles of him in Stat Magazine and stuff. <laughs> and so, uh, I did this dude way back, but yeah, so I was cracking up when it was this guy. But you know, um, apparently, yeah, it's maybe getting to his head a little bit because he's a little bit of a, a little bit cocky. Hey, you know what? Rules are rules. I don't give a fuck who you are. You don't drop down. Absolutely. That, that was what we were – that was what the, the consensus was. But it's just funny because I could totally see this guy because it got to his head, you know. And he moved – apparently he's back here now. I didn't even know he was back because I haven't seen him out once. Well, he even made some comment too. He's like, oh, I saw give you Give me his first name. I kind of tried to make a <laughs> or something. Are you serious? And, uh, yeah, so it's like – if you're a better surfer and then you see somebody that you think's not as good as you, does that give you an excuse just to snake them? Great you know, question. Like, Great question. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm not that bad. I'm good enough. Oh to yeah. Okay. Like I'm going to, I'm going to say something here though. Okay. You're surfing a, a pretty good break and then it's, it's a busy day, but some guy who you can tell is new. I'm not going to drop it in something. I'm going to get into it with you. Hold on, hold on. Wait, a, wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. You're surfing. You're going. You're going. And, and you see some guy. Like, all right, he's inside of me. He's going to go. And he just doesn't go. And you could have had it. You could have had it. And he was like, oh, Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. a different Next story. Next wave. I'm, drop, I'm dropping in that guy. I'm sorry. Yeah. You absolutely. It. That's what I'm going to drop it on you. So well, you can't just not drop it. You got to race away from me. Yeah, like, you it's a little like, different. You can't catch me. You know, okay. Now, your surfing ability, once you're on the wave, that doesn't matter. But if you are out there and you can't catch the wave and you blow it, I'm going to drop it on you next time. Or if it's care. big and you, like, kind of are timid and not going for it. Yeah. You're, like, afraid to All right, really I'm, I'm dropping it on you. Cause I, oh, yeah, you mark those guys and put a mental note, and then you say, okay, I know this guy. I can get up and go. I don't need to worry if he's on the inside of me. I, yeah. You know, just put a mental note. Yeah. Did you ever see that Dane Reynolds, like, recent, I don't know, year or so ago where he's talking about it? Like, it's pretty good. He's mm -hmm. actually talking about him getting, like, having to deal with harassed and crowds. What he was, like, talking about when he pulls in a lineup, he was comparing himself with, like, Mick and Jordy. And they're like the freaking, you know, the kings in the lineup. Yeah. Dane's a little more passive, but he's like, you know, I'll make a mental note. Okay, this guy comes up and recognizes me and says, hey, Dane. So he's like, I can't drop in on him because he said hi to me. Yeah. And he's like, this guy just got one and missed it, so I know I can drop in on him. And he was just talking about how he makes the mental map, you know, in his mind when he paddles out. It's so true, though. Yeah. And, then, and in Hawaii, 
then you you have to go. Like say like you're gonna like you're super late, but you're gonna eat shit. You you better go because everyone in the lineup sees that and they're like, well, I'm dropping into that guy. But if you if you go and you eat shit, you get you get you get credit in the water. Yeah, and then it's a little bit strange too because we had a little bit of a heated uh, battle battle after that for positioning. Whoa. It was like uh, you know Medina Florence style thing going on. Was yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, well, so it was, he, and I heard he was being a dick from other people. Like, yeah, it just I think just got into his head. But he's not like I mean, he's can surf good, but he's not near like a ripper, you know, in, in our in our surf levels here. You know, he's just a guy. Uh, I guess he just is you know he's coming back it's his house as he said it's his house and <laughs> well i think uh mike got dropped in on yesterday but i got one one more before that this is a cool story too um my mate went to uh hawaii on his honeymoon okay uh and he went out and surfed pipe and i don't know exactly what happened he might have dropped in on somebody a little bit something happened and some guy starts screaming at him right like getting pissed off and then uh Sonny Garcia rolls up and starts selling that dude out. Like, what the, like, you got to just chill out. This dude, it's his first time ever surfing pipe, or I don't know if he knew that, but basically yeah. said, like, you know, stop being such a jackass, and we're all out here to enjoy ourselves. That's pretty cool. Um, and then for such, like, a legendary mean dude that's, like, everybody's afraid of, to, like, stick up for you and, like, say to this other guy to fuck off was a pretty cool that's a cool story. You yeah. think it was a day before Sonny tried to kill himself, maybe? He was just like, I can't do this anymore. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not funny that he tried to kill himself. Yeah. But, um, well, I'm yeah. trying to make a joke out of something that's bad. Yeah, okay? Terrible yeah. joke, yeah. I'm a fan of Sonny. Sonny's oh, right. But you're saying that was out of luck. I mean, no, I think uh, sometimes I think people like try to, uh, try to compensate for their poor decisions in the past by doing good, right? I, I agree. And I, th- and I think in Hawaii, you're starting to see more of a scene like that, too especially at a pipe, I think everybody's starting to be a little more like, hey, like, don't get pissed at somebody if we're not actually doing something too bad. Like, so what? Someone's out here surfing, you know, like, you know, if you know the rules, you know the rules, but don't be mad at them just for being out here. And it's not as intense as it used to be. And I think the older guard, like Sonny, even though he's not in the water anymore, but those type of generations are a little bit more passive these days. Um, and, it, you know, bring it up, like Derek Ho, Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, that generation, of, I think they're starting to be a little more, you know, they're not as aggressive as they used to be. So the guys below them are starting to be a little more chill too. And I think they're trying to keep things a little more like, hey, let's just have fun. Well, water. Can they, right? I mean, there's just too many people going there now. I mean, I've sat there and watched Pipe many days with like 100 guys. I'm like, how do you catch a wave? How do you like navigate, how do you navigate that? Like knowing that, like yeah, no matter you're what you're not, you're in the water with even if they're not main mainstream known guys, you're in the water with some of the best guys in the world, all trying to catch wave. There's no novice surfers out there, and it, it is not easy. So I, for me, I just never, I never surfed it when it was big because I was like, I don't want to deal with like that headache. And that's like uh, behind the rocket snapper. It kind of gets the same way. Um, yeah, but it's not, it's not as dangerous a wave though. Like the consequence, as a thing of the consequence of taking off a pipe that late. I mean, if you yeah, take everybody out of the water, it's not the same. It's, no, it's not. Uh, it's not trivial. Like behind the rock, if you wipe out, you're basically getting uh, slammed into the rocks. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's still not the power you're gonna have a pipe of like. Of that uh, nowhere near. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, you know, when you hear the guys talk about Pike, they say the people's the scariest part. You know, it's at 100%. Yeah. It, that's like the, the hardest part. You're watching constantly, you know, dropping in and pulling in. Oh, and shit. Go and, I dropped and, it on Makua. I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't drop on that. Yeah, you don't want to jump in anybody out there. You don't know, you don't, you know, especially if you're not from there, you don't know who's who. And it's just, and everybody's, you know, even guys that aren't from there, they're friends with guys like Makua and stuff. And it's like, oh, that's my boy. Yeah, so I'm going to have to watch my back. This guy might have been like, well, I mean, he's a local, uh, he's a local (laughs) legend, you know, and he's a cool dude out in the water. So that blows my mind about places like that. When you have like a small wave, you know, like East Coast, Texas, or even here, and you have some guys just like, this is my spot. It's like, dude, come on, man. I know, it's funny, but yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the reason for Pike the success got to him. He feels entitled now. But cool yeah. guy out of the water. Yeah, and I think, and I've seen that too. I've seen a lot of guys that are like totally different when, out, when they're out of the water. And he does a lot for our surf community, this guy, actually. It's really cool. Maybe really you should out. apologize to Mariah. <laughs> Well, I was, I'm actually on his side. Yeah, I'm going to have to side with him. I mean, this guy's, you know, gotten some – Well, you see, the thing is, is normally any time I've gotten into these complications that it fizzles out pretty quickly. And then you can eventually sort of say, all right, I'm – because I, I was respecting him for the whole time until he, like, blatantly yeah. – There's a point. Yeah, but I agree. There's a point. There's a point. You don't drop in on someone over and over. You're like, come on, man. This is ridiculous. You compliment him. Like – yeah, and then probably I should have, like, I could have spoken out and said, hey, man, I don't appreciate you dropping in on me every time. Listen, buddy. Instead of just snaking him on purpose. Uh, so, <laughs> That's real, real quick, there's a, uh, a guy from my work, I, I won't, I'll just say that. He went to uh, Waco last week. For oh, sick. And uh, Slater, Slater was there. Oh, yeah. he was there when Slater was there. Yeah, yeah. So he paid for his hour, right? He's out there. And towards the end of his hour, Slater paddles out in the session. Nice. So That's he's great. just like, all right, this is kind of cool, but kind of not. How much does it cost for an hour? 90 bucks. 90 bucks, yeah. okay. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. It's not bad, yeah. So but he, so he sprays Slater. He's like, ah, it was, a, it was worth it. I sprayed him in the face, you know? <laughs> Slater gets all like, I used to be a dick like you when I was your age. And he's like, you were in my session I'm paying for. Do you think Maybe just because you're Slater? Oh, so you mean that Slater wasn't even supposed to? He's like, uh, just, just paddled out. Paddled yeah. Because he's like, I'm Slater. I do what I want. Yeah. Well, not, a, I mean, 90 bucks is a lot yeah, to some bucks people. 90 bucks. Sorry, Slater. You have to see like, dude, out, if, you, if you don't want to get sprayed, you can fund my you session. Can, you <laughs> can, yeah. You can pay your own 90 bucks, Slater. I mean, it's just like, so how many waves do you need? Anyway, you why the fuck is Slater at some other wave pool when he has his own damn wave pool? Because it's competition, man. It's a great wave tank. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's kind Everybody, of Everybody's there right now. Like, Have you seen it lately? Like the video clips? Everybody's there right now. Yeah. Well, I told Mike. Cause we're about like, to go. I mean, we're, we're going in September. Right? That, uh, as soon as, like, he blew it up, man. Like, we should have been there two weeks well, ago. If I, if I get coronavirus between then and there, now and like I've, I've got it i'm not worried about flying anymore i'll come join you guys yeah and we're getting together I already talked to you we're gonna try to get enough guys to like actually rent it out you know like get get our whole group in a session instead of having to share with anybody hopefully. well if i can't go now do it again next year you yeah definitely you should come i mean yeah i'm really you know really stoked i'm mad been everybody's going um i keep seeing photos from guys here going some local guy was here too uh 
good surfer. Wind Slater was there as well. And apparently got to surf. All right. Well, now that we're talking about some pro stuff, I got to bring it up. There was big news that happened since we last spoke, and that was the WSL announced the, the whole change in the uh, tour and that they're going to come back for 2021 and starting off at Pipe with the Triple Crown going into 2021 season and then 2022 season. Did you guys catch that? That's uh, about as much as I know. Yeah, you're uh, right. Just so let me know about this, about the Pipe. The starting. biggest thing is, yeah, so Pipe's going to be the first event, but exactly. it's always the last event. So I didn't get far enough into it to figure out how they what's the final thing. All right. Well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go give my two cents on it and where I think it's so it, they they want to start off there because they basically want to like try to get this thing moving as quick as possible. Start in December then the same so, same time as they usually do. Yeah, so they figure, all right, we'll start in December, we'll start off with pipes. They they think by December coronavirus will be mellow enough so they can kind of get right. things going. I don't think so. I just had a conversation with a crowd before that going. I mean, through that or well, I just had a good friend with a today with a, a friend of mine who lives in Hawaii, who's very involved with the Triple Crown. Like he, he's grew up with it. He works in it. He's he's one of the judges. He's like, I don't think it's going to happen. Really? Yeah. He's just like, I don't see it happening. But I think they're just trying to dangle carrots and try to make things happen. But moving forward, 2022, they still want to have that same schedule. What we were talking about also was what's going to be weird is they're going to start having kind of a different format where it's going to be less and less guys halfway through the season. And then just for next year, that's how it's going to be moving forward at all. They want like, it's going to narrow down the playing, like you sort off with the 30, was it 20, 38 guys or whatever. And then halfway through, you'd have like 24 and 12 and then five. And uh, okay, so if you basically get out of contention for the top ten, you sort of drop out. Is that how it works? Exactly. If you don't like, say a certain point of a contest, they're only keeping the top twelve. You're gone. So and then they're gonna move it into more. How's it gonna work for the point system? For what is it? The final ten guys drop out or whatever, and the guys on the uh, WQS with the top, to, you know, can move. Kind of move up. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, they'll also have. Uh, are they going to do it to where some of those QS surfers get on the on the main circuit? So that's kind of the idea too. So they want to try to get the QS guys in there, but they're not going to implement that until 2022. They don't want to rock it too much because they're not so sure what things are going to look like next year. But the other big news is the final event. There's going to be a final event. There's not just going to be like you got first place because you did so good all year. Top, the top five guys are going to battle it out in one contest one day. Yeah, uh, so it's like the Super Bowl, huh? Kind of, yeah, like a World Series Super Bowl. Yeah, it's just a one-day event. And they still haven't announced where it's going to be, but there's talk about it just being maybe like trestles or possibly some secret remote place in the Mentalize. Huh. Which takes away from the final event being in pipe yeah, great big finale with like everybody I, there screaming and having a great time. Me, that's gotta be. The, I mean, that's 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 what it's all about. So yeah, uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll warm up to it. But like right now, to me, pipe is pipe. I mean, it goes down to pipe. That's that's the tradition. I like the tradition, and I think everybody does too. And I, I've heard some podcasts with some of the pros who are kind of against the idea as well. They're not for it. 
Well, yeah, and five guys battling. I mean, that's cool and all, but but then what are the other guys going to do? I mean, I like that there's guys that could rise up and win an event. That's what makes it so challenging. Be in sixth place tight point system like i think this year we had guys that were like in fifth place or sixth place that could have been like may upsets you know and maybe one guy in 20th place or 28 can rise up and win that event that's what makes it so so interesting exactly like what's the guy that won the uh that uluwatu when it got shifted from uh west oz uh margaret River, right, yeah like uh won that event the what's his name the rhino or what the hell they call him the local dude? Local no, guy. the guy never uh, – the, the, the panda. Remember he won that event, the backhand from Brazil? Like, Not Italo, is it? Italo? Not Italo, no, no, no. It was uh, – what's his name? They call him the panda, I think. But he oh. – uh, remember he won that event. Like, I, do, never, I know, I know, Zach, because I had him on my fantasy. I won that year. I won that event. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, he pulled it off. And it's like, that's just a cool example of, like, somebody that never like, – just exiting almost every round. Then, but that's my point of this whole, the way they want to do it now. is like you could have Jeremy Flores be a world champion, but he's not a world champion guy. He's good at surfing pipe and chopu, but he's not good for the whole thing. Right. Like, Italo is good for the whole event. Medina, John John. I think Jordy Smith's potential. You know, there's a few other guys that they, you know, that are there. Chloe and Dino, I don't think I mean, he ends up top there, but he's not a world champion, I don't feel. But if yeah, they, so like fine. it's cool at Pipe how it's always been, and I don't know why they want to change something that works. You've got the triple crown battle, you've got the world title battle, and you've got the pipe. If you win pipe, your yeah. career's made. If you, you have the energy, pipe, the pipeline of the crowd right there being found yeah, is pretty I, don't get it. I mean i get they want to have the event why not just have the five masters for this year and then just start the season and then it, you got to also think I about not opening it up anymore the quickie pro is not going to be the first event that's weird and they took france off the tour too then they dropped they dropped france, france? yeah oh. they're france yeah, but they're keeping the wave pole they're keeping the wave pole you're ruining my day they're keeping, ready for this. It's like, why ready. are they keeping the wave pool and dropping France? Yeah, that's the, that's yeah. been like the coolest, one of the coolest events to watch because it's so unpredictable. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. such a cool beach break. Oh, it's insane. Oh, yeah. And the surfers love it too. Yeah, because oh, most people don't, if you don't know and haven't ever watched it before, France is heavy, bro. Like they've got some serious storms coming for some of these contests in the last couple of years. And the other thing, all right. The U.S. does not have one single event. I'm not counting the wave pool as an event. There's not one real beach break in the U.S. Hawaii is different. Hawaii is different. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but you said they may have trestles, but they're keeping the wave wave pool event. They're yeah, but they're not announcing what the final is going to be. It's just like right. it's all speculation. Like I've heard, like you know, rumors online of like so what, it be. what happened in the U.S. Open. Uh, well, they didn't have it this year because of the coronavirus. No, but they won't have it next year either. Or well, well that's not, not part of the tour, though. WKS. I thought it had been. They've had U.S. events, not a WKS. Uh, I mean, it's not. It's not a CT event. I mean, it's been a QS. Yeah. It's a WKS like six star. Okay. Yeah. It may have been in the. I don't know. Maybe was it in the past? Maybe Joe. Or? It might have been. I mean, I think even Sebastian Inlet used to be. No, where it's been in the last ten years. Maybe. Oh, I don't maybe think so. Um, yeah. Oh well. But yeah, I think it should be. That's what I'm getting at. Well, they, they, if they don't want to, if they don't want to, well, here's the thing. They don't, 
trestles is amazing. And I think the reason they don't do trestles is because the logistics of getting everything down there is kind of is hard. Yeah, because there was a lot of pushback against people trashing the beach or like uh, the. So why not just do either Santa Cruz or Huntington? Or San Francisco was a cool event too. Yeah, Slater won that, right? Won and the that title. Was Slater, Slater got his 11th world title there. Yeah. And, and Medina won that event. Oh, Medina won it. Slater got his title there. No, I was living in San Francisco when that happened. Nice. So that was when you were still there. Cool. Yeah, I had been there for, uh, that was 2011. I'd been there for a year. And well, being an East Coaster, my favorite was New York event with Owen Wright and Slater going down to the That battle. was the same year, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah that good was way. That was a great event. Yeah, and all that hurricane swell was pumping. Yeah, so I mean, is, Fiji, is Fiji still on there? And uh, Fiji is not. And Fiji is one of my favorite events too. They took Fiji off too. No more cloud break. That's the only pro surfing event I've ever uh, seen. It was on off day. It was a lay day. But I got when I went to Fiji, coming back and forth from Australia. To I remember, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. I got to go out. We didn't surf at cloud break, but we got to see it and park the little sailboat out there for a little while. And then I think we surfed like uh, break down the way a little bit. I had to surf twice there. Fiji's not easy to go surfing in. Well, we got to go both all places, right? Get it on a boat to go places, pay somebody to give you a ride. All the breaks are like out in the middle of the ocean. So it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure once you're surfing, it's amazing. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, totally weird, but really cool. Magical. Awesome place. So I, that's, that's also probably one of the surfers' favorite places to go. So they're just making it less fun. Just well, like they bring, they're bringing G-Land back, which I think is really cool. That's cool. That'll be yeah. cool. It's been a long time. That it's says... Uh, 2001? 99? It's been a while. It's it's Australian. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah, it's a long time ago. So they took... G, they took G, uh, sorry. They took Karamas off, and they replaced it with G-Land. But G-Land's sick. I mean, that's a freight train. That's right? a great... I'm, I'm pumped on that one. Yeah, I just feel like with, you know, there's so many great places to go, and you have some guy, Eric Logan, who's the head of the WSL now, who's a stand-up paddleboarder from the middle of America in charge of all this, making decisions. That's ridiculous. I just, I don't know. I mean, you, it just got so corporate and so, like, we got to make money. WSL is, like, broke, not making any money. They're doing everything they can. Their decision-making is based off trying to make money now. I get it instead of like thinking well what's going to be best with surfers in the sport right well mike go ahead because i was uh, well yeah. i was just saying they keep it's like they keep changing things because that was the uh they changed the top you know the number of surfers and they're trying to make it like tennis where they have the wqs like i, I heard him exactly say that they wanted to have it like the like tennis does and then they have you know the guys coming up from the amateur ranks and they're replacing yeah. the top and i mean you know that, that sort of works um and that's kind of cool because you get fresh faces on there and it I makes it like, Yeah, I'm not opposed yeah. to that. I think it's great for the guys. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool to have the bottom maybe yeah. 10 guys kind of rotate out. Yeah, and I thought that that's a good idea. Um, but, I mean, to me, the stuff you're talking about, I need to go read a little more on it, but, like, just, just alone pipe starting the year just doesn't make – that doesn't make sense at all. I mean, that's like the – that's the epicenter. I mean, what do they think? Well, you crescendo. Like, I always think for, like, I know – like apologies for shifting the topic off surfing a little bit, but we should look at other examples of different sports. You mentioned tennis, right? So one is like NBA just started back up. 
So they sent every single team to Orlando, and they're in what's called a bubble. Have you heard about this? I have, yes. Right, so essentially they're isolating everybody from any outside contact with anybody else so they can play their games without any fans, and they even play music or like a fan noise over speakers. Right, so that's like an extreme example. And then with tennis, that one dude, the Joker, what's his name, uh, Djokovic, he hosted a tournament, and they were all like, oh, no worries, we can just have this thing. And he was kind of anti-whatever. And then afterwards, a bunch of people supposedly got sick. He got sick, or maybe not even sick, but tested positive. Um, so that's kind of the other extreme of like, all right, just fully open it up versus let's have a super controlled opening. Um, so how could they do that with surfing? Like I, I, we talked about it last time, the main thing is traveling. And that's what it's there. happened this year. I don't see them having Triple Crown pipe this year when Brazil is not allowed to go to the U.S. Yeah, that's right. a big issue. I mean, it's not right. that far away. What, six months, five months to December? So these are two different issues, right? One is all right, in, the, in the coronavirus times, and two is just in general them trying to make more money and change the format, right? And they're kind of happening together. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my question, Joe. Are they, so, they're, so this isn't just coronavirus-specific year. I mean, this is their future for – Yeah, yeah. And they, they basically took advantage of the fact that it's coronavirus. They've been talking about this for a while, trying to have pipe. This, is, this has been in the works before coronavirus. Um, and they said, you know what, this is, this is doing now. This is, you know, let's make it happen. And they didn't consult fans on this or anything? Or? Of course Well, not. I'll tell you um, one thing that I like uh, – I'm a little bit biased because I was always been a golfer, but they went, they have what's called the majors. Yeah. Essentially you've got all these tournaments and the top dogs may or may not join. A lot of them they do when they have big contests, but they essentially have four badass competitions. That's if you win those, that's the big deal. And maybe surfing could adopt such a model. So you'd have like pipe, you'd have snapper and you'd have to decide what the majors would be but essentially just have individual contests. And then there is, they have like the FedEx cup, which is essentially a point system that adds up based on your placings in these various contests. And then there's a playoff at the end for that extra prize money. But that's probably not as respected as winning the majors. Right. So I, I, I like that idea though, because it still kind of keeps everybody in the same point system working towards the goal. And in a sense, it's kind of like baseball too, where you're looking towards the playoffs and then a World Series and then you finish it off. But it takes away from like World Champ, right? I mean, golf, you don't really care as a World Champ. It's like who wins the major? Well, you basically get four World Champions yeah. every year. Yeah. 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 You really, the surfing is kind of down the one. And same with like baseball, football, you have like the one team that's, right. you know, the winner. Um, Surfing. <laughs> well, yeah, surfing. I mean, you got to have the world champ because you got all the past champs, right? Slater. Then it's like, so what, Slater? Like, yeah, if you take away from like having the way the system was, would Slater have actually had 11 world titles if it was the same system? Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's a balance there. Well, maybe it doesn't matter because nobody else is ever going to win as many as he did. <laughs> I mean, I think Medina could. Or John John if he sells. Yeah. It. But, uh, I mean, the level of surfing nowadays is so. Yeah, there's no kids coming up through the ranks that are going to be as good as them. It seems like the progression is. Uh, so they'll, good. they'll be there. We'll see it. Yeah, I mean, like, who, I mean, Medina came out of nowhere. Uh, we saw, hard, and we saw John John coming since he was a kid, but Medina just kind of showed up. Um, 
Damn, so this WSL topic was pretty damn interesting, huh? It's, it's yeah. at least causing some controversy. Oh, for sure. It's, it's been a lot of controversy um, I've seen online. I think everybody's got an opinion about it. I think everybody's a little bit kind of like shocked by really what's been announced. Yeah, I mean, I'm shocked right now here. <laughs> Honestly. It's just yeah. I and mean, they really just shaking everything up. And I, I heard um, a podcast with Kyle Belly, and he was kind of like, well, the good thing is, is like, this maybe gives me a chance to win a world title, which I, he, he was pretty honest. Like, I don't think I'm a world title person, but in a situation like this, I can maybe end up in a position where I win a world title. Because he, you know, he, him being honest about himself, he's not a top tier right. guy. Yeah, but because the way it's set up, he could get lucky and kind of just end up sneaking in that way. And at the same time, you could have someone like John John who just has a great year, just killing it. He's won every event. It doesn't matter. He can win every event in the tour. He loses that one event. Right. He's a world champion. Well, it seems yeah, to me uh, that a lot of other sports have. Uh, I don't agree with that. It's almost like a union, but essentially there's like a representative from, not just a representative, but a, a group of representatives from the competitors or the surfers in this instance. Then they have to strike a deal, like a collective bargaining agreement with whoever owns the shit. So they, they can't just say, all you guys do whatever we say. There needs to be input from the surfers. And I guess they probably have some sort of they structure. They have it, yeah. I don't know if they're... So this, this is what I was going to say, this is what brings up, is um, the, the wave pool, I think it's a great event. I think it should be like the All-Star Game. That's a yes, good idea. Yes. That's a great idea. They yeah. should have an All-Star Game. you in charge. Yeah. You've got nothing but great ideas. Put Surf Chaos on man, because I like the All-Stars. It's, it's like the, the air event of Josh Kerr, but... Yeah, to a real all-star event at the wave pool, but move it to BSR. No offense, Slater, but it brings. <laughs> oh yeah, put it around. But you know what? It's how it works. It goes from wave pool to wave pool because there's a one that's opening a pop spring. That's a good idea. And have a wave pool tour. You know, while we're at it. But it's like have it be the all-star event where it's like mid-season, which is usually like July or August, where everything's hot in the northern hemisphere, and it's just like you just win. You just you know, you win this event. It's like the Masters. It's, I just win this event. That's, that's how Rick Kane got to start. I mean, you know. Totally. <laughs> with their but one, it, with it, the pipe. You know, we all watch it. It's fun. There's concerts. There's, you know, you can go there. You can drink beers. You can watch the surfers. You watch Blink-182 play, where the fuck wants to play. And then. The best idea I've ever heard on Surf Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking about it for a while. Trying to get it out there, you know. Cool idea. And then they always saw part of the tour. No one's upset about it. Everybody's like, oh, cool. It's fun. We're not having, you know, we're not, it's not taken away from, you know, that way we can add any event to the tour too. We can bring France back or we can add trestles or we can add somewhere else to the tour. Like, Man, you got to call it the All Star Session, the All Star. It can't be really the All Star Game. You got to well, get yeah, a name for it too, something that's catchy. Pro Star, whatever it is, you know, they, uh, they can uh, think uh, of something. Like I was watching the Lone uh, Star. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> in Texas, if it's even in Texas, it's Lone Star. Lone Star, yeah. Yeah, I was watching like that that Anarch, uh, that Archie documentary, like the surf, you know about Archie. Oh, I haven't seen it. 
Yeah, it's really good. But anyway, they, they had a part about the Bud Tour that went on back in the 80s or early 90s or something, the Bud Pro yeah, Tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, they were saying it was like 100,000 people, like super popular all over TV. Um, and it was just like this local tour on California, you know, the Bud Tour. And um, they were saying they go to Laker games and people be like, who won the Bud Tour this week and stuff. Like, I guess it was hugely popular, like as big as like the, the CT events back then. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, at one point, you know, that was, of course, prime of the surfing industry, but uh, alternative ideas were working, you know, at one point. So, and it makes money. WSL, WSL could still have it as their event and they can make money off it. And, and have they forbid uh, alcohol sponsored events or because the Bud Tour is certainly. <laughs> no, no, because uh, Corona Corona's a big uh, sponsor still. Yeah. In the U.S., where uh, Corona is. I thought it like so. Brazil or something had beer sponsors and then some places didn't. No, because Corona was sponsoring um, one of the events in Australia too, I believe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good because, well, maybe. <laughs> no, Corona was sponsoring the Gold Coast this year. Cool. Yeah. They had some good sponsors. I get, you know, Jeep. And, and I think uh, Adderknown is now sponsoring um, – one of the events too. I see dollar t-shirts. I don't know. Yeah. So. <laughs> nice yeah. So it's definitely it's definitely switched up. All right, I have to go here soon. But I got one more question for you guys. I got about ten for you, but uh, we'll get them next time. Yeah. Definitely. I'm <laughs> uh, just getting late here, and I got to make dinner for the kids. No worries. Excellent. Uh, what's the shark situation there where you guys live? The what? Sharks. Oh, the sharks in the water. Ooh, Mike can tell you. Yeah, no, we, we do have sharks in the water. Um, I equate it pretty close to Florida, except we got a lot of bait. Um, I don't think we have the density of people is why more people don't get hit, but I've seen sharks on many occasions out here, mostly black tips, nothing too crazy, but, you know, we got the bull shark and occasional tiger. Um, as far as attacks here, years ago, I mean, well before I lived here, somebody got hit at J.P. Luby, lost an arm. This is like a – a little break called J.P. Luby. It's like in the 1980s. So it's very rare for people to actually get hit around here, but there are a lot of sharks. Um, like shark fishing is huge here. I mean, there are people pulling in 10-foot, 11-foot tigers off the beach pretty regularly. They try to catch and release them. They even have a tournament called the Sharkathon here where they'll have fishermen from all over the country come. And it's kind of, they claim it's for science, but to take tags and tag the sharks and measure them and release them. So it's all catch and release stuff. And then scientists, biologists use it to kind of track shark populations. But, um, you know, I mean, there's a load of sharks here. Um, but surprisingly, there's very little in terms of attacks. Okay. You know, we have a lot of bait, a lot of fish they can eat. So they don't seem that interested, you know, too interested in us. But um, I've been run out of the water at least three times at the seawall um, where I'm out by myself in the evening. And it's not really that they're attacking me, but I'll just see, like, you know, a decent-sized shark jump or a black tip come by and, kind of you know hit but uh kind of like new smyrna but for whatever reason new smyrna they like to bite and they don't seem to bite too much here but we have you know the people that get attacked here the most when they have an attack is usually they're fishing and they'll have a bait bucket or a fish a stringer of fish tied to them okay so they kind of get kind of attracting them and they're way fishing and um and that's when it happens but uh there, there are a lot of sharks but there's very rare to have an attack on, on anyone let alone a surfer um now, I can't help myself, but Joe, J-Bay, right, uh, was it South Africa, uh, Mick Fanning and a shark had an encounter. What did, what did you see happen there? 
Well, you know what's interesting about that is the, the, the WSL cam tried to pull away real quick and act like nothing was happening. Ah, okay, yeah. And they tried to play it off like, oh, we're gonna go to commercial if you because I you know watching it live. Um, I, I think yeah, I think the shark came up and tried to give him a little poke. It was curious what was in the water. What would you call it a shark attack? Uh, no, I call it an attack a bite, but I definitely call it right. a shark encounter. Yeah. Dude, I've seen sharks. I mean, I'm not downplaying what McFanning went through. Oh, I no, my not a great white. I mean, you great no, white. I would downer is, is, you know. I would have pissed my wetsuit for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would have. No downplaying what happened, but. But I do, like, I've got all the respect in the world for McFanning, right? He's the man. He's awesome. Hold up. Before we go any further, have you read Chaz Smith's book, uh, Welcome to Paradise, Now Go to Hell? I have. I've you read it. You talked about McFanning, right? Yeah. So think about that before you. Uh... Oh, okay. So I don't know. Maybe I'll read the book, but I don't have time <laughs> to read book. it between uh, now. It's a really and good book. And right now. Uh, <laughs> no, but essentially afterwards, I heard him on uh, an interview saying that he like punched the shark and was like, uh, like kind of heroic. But when I watched it, I saw him like squealing like a little pig about to get slaughtered, um, which is what he should have been doing. I mean, I guess with big animals and encounters, you don't want to like run away because sometimes that entices them to bite more. But I didn't see him punching the shark and scaring it. And basically my point is if that great white or whatever it was wanted to fuck him up, he'd be dead. He would have been dead, absolutely. So sharks get a really bad name. In Australia, they murder too many sharks. I'm a big fan of, what's the, what's the, um, there's a big uh, thing with the, the uh, it's basically uh, an organization that supports protecting sharks. Right. They do a lot of calling. Lot of calling the whole out. population there is terrified of sharks. And you're more likely to bring it back to the beginning of the episode to get struck by lightning than eaten by a shark. Wow, that's great. Yes. Great. That was awesome. Dude, that was awesome. God. <laughs> but speaking of WSL, <laughs> sooner or later, there's going to be an attack. It's just inevitable. I'm surprised it hadn't happened. Sooner or later, there's got to be, I would think. I agree. There's going to be an attack, and then what's going to happen if somebody really got mauled, right? You know, sooner or later. It would be great for, it'd be great, you know. I'm hoping I'm watching it live when it happens. Yeah, me too. But, uh, hopefully. Okay, Medina. <laughs> kidding. I'm, I need to, like, knock on wood and not talk anything about no sharks. You know? Yeah, exactly, man. Bad, bad vibes there. Yeah, right. Oh, for nobody. It never happens to nobody. And uh, not a Hawaiian yeah. American. Well, hey, guys. Uh, this was this went by too fast. Yeah, I know. I know. We started at the half an hour, and I was like, oh, we still got an hour. Yeah, half, no. yeah, yeah I just, yeah, if I could, I know you guys had a surf today, so I didn't want to interrupt that. And, um, no worries, man. No worries. Right? No worries. Board, the, board the house up now. Get ready for yeah. Well, well, good luck with that. Hopefully, everything works out, and I, I got a good feeling you're going to be okay. Well, we might go surfing tomorrow, so. Do it. You never know. Uh, send me some pictures if you do. Right up, bro. All nice right. talking to you, man. It's, it's always a blast. I got a man. Your podcast is awesome. Man, we're, we're, we're fucking happy to be on here, bro. Well, good. Awesome. And I love the music, too, by the way. Oh, thank you. Glad you enjoy it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some more again next time. Yeah, Portuguese Man of War. It's a, it's a little <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do that one. I created that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, later, guys. All right, later. 
All right, thanks for listening. That was a fun one. Hope to do it again soon. Um, drop me a line. Check out Surf Chaos on Instagram. Uh, Surf Chaos eighteen at Gmail, and also remember check out Minnow Surfboards. Buy a board, or at least just say what's up. All right.